How does it sound coming and joining me and 10 other fabulous female entrepreneurs in Mykonos, Greece on the 20th to 22nd of May? We are having our first female fusion retreat in the beautiful island of Mykonos where we are going to be working on thinking big, thinking big in our business, planning our next big bold business moves, masterminding together, but at the same time, slowing down to speed up. If this sounds like something for you, head over to femalefusionnetwork.com forward slash Mykonos and why not apply to join us in Mykonos on the 20th to 22nd of May. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Women on the Rise podcast. And this week, we're talking about something that I see entrepreneurs face a lot, and I have to hold my hand up that I have as well. And we're going to talk today about shiny object syndrome. And shiny object syndrome is really um, where we can get easily distracted by new or shiny things, ideas, opportunities, trends, and sometimes it can be at the expense of our business. And, you know, it's kind of the entrepreneurial equivalent of being drawn to a shiny object. So I remember, um, especially when my kids were little, so both of my kids have ADHD, and I remember when they were little, they would always get distracted, and we always used to go and say, oh, look, it's something shiny. And I kind of see that with entrepreneurship as well and many people who I see running their businesses and I see this with our entrepreneurs in female fusion a lot and you know it happens because we have so many different priorities we're wearing so many different hats within our business that the constant influx of all these new ideas the opportunities the trends it can be super overwhelming and it can be really hard to stay focused on you know our core business goals and focusing on the things that are going to drive success in the long term so what i wanted to do is i wanted to talk about 10 things that are kind of shiny objects that we could get distracted by and to just be aware about that and to be sure that you really want to go down that route in your business because it could potentially cause a few problems in your business and cause you to maybe lose customers or to lose momentum or maybe even to lose a bit of money as well. And so I wanted to go into detail about some of these things that we need to look out for. And one of the biggest ones is spending unnecessarily in our business. And oh, I say this a lot, you know, and, and it's hard because there's all of these things that we want to do, but we need to be sure that the money that we're spending is the right things that we want to do. So for example, I see this a lot. And that is that you're just setting up a business or maybe you've had a business for a while and you think, oh, I need the biggest, I need the best, I need to have this right away in my business because if I have this, people are going to buy from me. I'm going to get all the customers and my business is going to be a great success. So I see this, for example, with websites where 
You know, an entrepreneur might have limited money and they decide that they're going to throw all their money behind getting somebody to build them a big, flashy, expensive website. But they don't necessarily need that website. I mean, every business needs a website, but in today's day and age, it's quite easy for us to go and create a website by ourselves just with the template or get a very reasonable brochure website done. Now, if you're an e-commerce business or if you're a business where um, your website is super, super important, that's potentially different. But a lot of times that spend isn't really justified. So for example, I'll see people who are consultants who are really trying to do things with a budget because they're not they they don't have any clients and they're they're waiting to have those customers and they reckon that having the most advanced coolest website is going to get customers and what i say actually is instead of spending that money on your website you know, have a brochure website, you could create it yourself or get somebody to create a basic one and buy a brochure website. I mean that that's going to have a homepage, it's going to have an about us, it's going to have a team page, and it is also going to have information about the product or the services that you as a business have. When you get started, that's all that you need and a contact us obviously as well. But that's all that you need unless you are doing a lot of selling from your website. The you know, and you could be instead spending your time going out networking, going out and winning that business. So then you will have the money coming in to go and invest in that big website. The The other thing as well I see is sometimes entrepreneurs can be tempted to invest in like the latest and greatest technology or tools. So for example, like a high-end camera for uh, photography or an expensive 3D printer without really looking at it and going, is this going to improve my business operations? Am I going to get more money from it? Is it going to help me have more clients? Because maybe that's something that you want to hold off buying until you've been in business for a year and you have some clients and you can justify having that spend. So um, do keep that in mind that maybe there's better things that you could be spending your money on. The other one as well, and I have to hold my hand up, (laughs) this does impact me, Um, even sometimes as well now, (laughs) is um, unnecessary software or platforms before you need them. I love tech. I love finding ways that I can automate stuff in my business or finding like the latest or greatest software or AI tools that will save me time in my business. Um, But did you know that there's a survey that was done by Gartner where they found out that businesses waste an estimated $30 billion annually on unused or underused software licenses. So often what happens is we get the software at the platforms and it looks great to begin with, but then we stop using it. Or maybe it was great for our business for the first six months or the first year, and then our business outgrows it and we don't need it. So with that one, and you know, as I said that I am, <laughs> I, I fall victim to this as well because I do love that sort of stuff, is that 
I have a list of all of the software and the platforms that we use. And I have listed out also as well, so my team tracks it too, and we see what the software platform is, how much money we're spending on it, and then um, when the subscription is due for renewal. And we look at things like this and go, oh, do we need it? Is it adding value? Do we need something better? Is there a new software which has come out on the market that maybe has more things to it as well? So this is one thing um, we're having an audit right now of all of the software. And one of the things that we've realized is, you know, we use a lot of tech and one of the things we use because we have a lot of people giving um masterclasses or presentations within female fusion that we always get people to sign a um just a sign saying that they know that how their masterclass is going to be used and that we're going to keep a recording and just from a um, compliance perspective we get people to sign this saying that they they know about that and we use DocuSign for that DocuSign is super expensive. And then we've just realized that actually we're already using Dropbox and Dropbox has the signature ability the same way that DocuSign does. So that's gonna save us about $500 a year just there as well. So do look to see if any of your software, the tech that you're using is being duplicated across other things. Um, so that's a really great thing to look at. The other thing as well, and I see this with new businesses, and don't don't overinvest in customized tech or systems. And by that, I mean, I, I think there is a view with a lot of entrepreneurs that they want to be a tech business because, you know, and there is, you know, investors are looking for tech businesses. And so a lot of new businesses think, well, the way that I can do that is by investing in a custom built platform or a custom built app or a custom built piece of technology. And this takes a long time to go and create. And the, the problem with this is that it takes a lot of time, it costs a lot of money, and it could slow down your growth as a business. And I've seen this a lot. Now, for us, we're in the membership space, right? And I come across people and I meet people who say, oh yeah, you know, we've developed this membership or community and it's taken us two years to build this platform or we actually haven't launched yet because it's we've gone and had it custom built and we have we have our developers finishing it off so we can't go and launch yet but you know as soon as we do we're going to get all of these members to sign up for our membership or our community problem with that is that you've just wasted two years of building your community and the revenue that you could get out of your community or your business and sometimes it's better to just go and get something off the shelf and maybe do a bit of customization that way because when you invest in something custom built that you're constantly going to have to be updating it and changing things around and you can invest in something off the shelf that's going to be this it's going to be a fraction of the cost and it's going to have exactly the same functionality and that is so important that why go and spend that money and I was curious about that because I um, 
I was wondering if our business would be worth less money because we use a off-the-shelf platform. I talk about it a lot. We use Kajabi in our business. The female fusion platform is on Kajabi. We love Kajabi. I'm super fan of, of Kajabi. And the reason why I am is that it's just allowed us to build our business so easily. And I was speaking with an investor about a year ago, and I said to them, is my business worth less because I don't have a custom platform? Is this something that I need to worry about? Like, would, would an investor look at my business and say, well, you're not worth as much because you're not using custom technology? And he said to me, he's like, no, if anything, it makes it more investable because the, the thing is, is that it shows that your focus is on building this business, getting the customers, getting the everything else right in the business, that they are going to be interested. Yes, it's a tech business, but they're going to be interested in all of the people that you have on that platform. And they were saying, you know, it's so much better to do it that way and so do think as well if you're um if you're thinking about building something that might need tech do you actually need the tech or can you have something off the shelf and i know other businesses sometimes say you know do we invest in our own customized um erp system um and this will be it this will be for more sort of retail businesses um or, you know, do we get something off the shelf? And again, a lot of times talking to to businesses who I know who have gone for customized versus off the shelf, a lot of times the people who have gone for customized have been like, oh my goodness, I should have just gotten off the shelf. It would have saved us so much time. It would have better tech support. They would do all the updates. It would be on top of the latest technology rather than them having to constantly invest and get the developers in to, to update things. So do think about that. You know, I made that mistake. Well, I didn't. My um, former business partner did in one of my other businesses that we invested a huge amount of money in um, a training management system that we felt was really going to revolutionize how the business was run and make it easier. And what I found is when we had this whole thing built, I just felt like well, we wasted our money and it was really expensive and we should have taken something off the shelf, done a bit of customization on it and run with it that way. So do really look at that because having that custom piece of tech, especially if there's so many things off the shelf, is not going to add much value to your business. The other area, shiny, shiny objects, marketing, 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 marketing. Entrepreneurs get distracted by the latest marketing tactics or trends, especially on social media. So that will come to things like, you know, influencer marketing or TikTok is the greatest, but it might not be the greatest for your business. So try not to get distracted by what everybody else is doing. And I know it can feel really heavy when you go on social media and you see what other businesses are doing. But remember, every single business is unique. We all have different target audiences. We have different goals in our business. And it's much better to stick with two or three marketing tactics that work really well. 
that are really aligned to your customer or your ideal paying customer. Just because everybody's on TikTok doesn't mean that it's right for you or if everybody's on Twitter or if they're doing something different. It needs to feel right for you and it needs to be where your customers are. And I'm a big believer that we have to meet our customers where they are and we have to provide our service or we have to connect with them where they are. Don't go and spend your energy and your money on something where your customers aren't going to be. And that can be really hard, right? Because we're seeing, especially social media, I find I find some weeks I don't like to spend a lot of time on social media because I find it's a bit of a distraction because then you end up looking at it and going, oh, this company is doing this. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, would that work for us? Or, you know, um, I see that they're doing that and, you know, that's amazing and their business is growing so fast. And we're not making any progress. And I hear this a lot from um, our businesses in in Female Fusion that I'll meet some of our businesses and go, oh yeah, you know, I'm trying this, but it's not working. But I see other businesses in my industry do it and it's working so well. Why is it not working for me? And we don't know exactly what's going on behind the scenes. Remember that, that what you see on social media isn't always the truth. And sometimes businesses or individuals will go and say one thing when in fact it is completely different. Um, And so it's much better to stay in your own lane. You have your vision for your business, you have your strategy, you have your goals that you're working towards, you know, your short-term goals, your longer-term goals, stick with that. Now, if it's not working, then go and look at adjustments that you can do, but don't compare yourself to other entrepreneurs or other businesses because it's just going to get you down. And also, oh, 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 I see this a lot, is um, entrepreneurs that have shiny object syndrome have the, um, have the tendency to chase after new business ideas all the time. Hold your hand up if that's you. Now, you know, again, I will, I will hold my hand up that that's me sometimes. And (laughs) sometimes my team will look at me and go, oh, Jen's got another idea. And (laughs) we actually have, um, we use monday.com in our business and we, we do a lot of our project management there and the team have actually created a board for me that I have that has a little squirrel with a nut next to it saying Jen's ideas because when you're an entrepreneur and I'm sure that a lot of you can relate to this that you're always coming up with ideas I always, always have ideas and in the beginning when I think of the idea I might think like oh my gosh this is the best idea ever. This is so great. My members are going to love it. Um, But sometimes I don't fully consider the feasibility or profitability of the idea. And I've gotten really good at this, that we write it down and we look at it and we look at the viability of those ideas. Because I could, you know, I could sit down in a room and come up with 50 ideas for something easily. Some of them might be a bit bonkers. (laughs) And I like doing those exercises sometimes because it is great to be a bit bonkers. 
But the problem is, is that it distracts us from what is making money. And I've seen this recently where some businesses that I know um, that are maybe struggling a little bit, not making the revenue that they want, have come to me and said, oh, you know, I'm setting up a new company or I'm setting up a new division in our company and it's going to focus on the metaverse or it's going to focus on this or it's going to focus on that without fully considering the impact of that on your business operations and how much extra time it's going to take and if it's going to confuse your customers or if it's going to impact your revenue stream. So when you have all those ideas, great idea to write it down, Uh, maybe not run with it all the time and to also consider the impact that it will have on your business. Because if you are, If you're not making the money that you want to, setting up a new business or introducing a completely different division within your business might not necessarily be the way to do it because then it's going to split your time away from that and take you away from the focus. So you always want to look at where you're making money in your business or where you're not making money in your business and where you can go and fix that rather than saying, oh, this isn't working. I'm going to go set up a new company and we're going to focus on this because I think it's going to make me more money. Now, for some people it works, but a lot of people it doesn't and it's going to stretch you and it's going to mean that you'll have even less time to work on your business and to work on really fixing that and getting the revenue in your business and increasing the revenue. And that also comes to, and I've done this a lot of times before, is pursuing too many business opportunities at once. And this is where when we're looking at new business or business opportunities and whether you're a consultant or you're dealing in products or different types of services that it can be really tempting to pursue multiple business opportunities simultaneously but then sometimes we can really overextend ourselves and what that means is that we don't have the resources to deliver properly and do a good job which could lead to Um, a lack of focus or reduced quality of work and then when that happens that can really damage our reputation and reputation is everything right that if you start if you start doing a bad job that word gets around and people talk and you get a reputation for that so that's not great to go and do that to to push too many business opportunities and I know it can be tempting because we think and we go oh but I need the money I need the money to grow my business I need the money for this I need the money for that but when we also take on too many business opportunities it can sometimes be the wrong opportunity and I've heard from our entrepreneurs that it could be things like they really need the cash flow so they take on a job whether it's product or service based where they will do the job for pretty much at cost price or a few percentages above cost price and end up maybe over servicing it or the client is really demanding and they end up losing money and it can really demotivate you for doing that and it also means as well that it eats up so much of your time 
that you're not able to work on clients or customers who are going to pay you more money. Or I would argue, rather than spending that money and basically working for free, you could instead be working on your business and changing something in your business so you can find those ideal clients. So I'm a big believer now, after doing this you know, for over 20 years, that I now really hold out for the right business and don't take on projects or jobs unless it feels really aligned to me. And I spoke the other week about intuition as well and how that feels in business. And I find that intuition, that if you start to lean into your intuition a lot more, that your intuition will also guide you in that because you want to have the right people. You want to feel good about being in business. You want to to enjoy walking into the office or enjoy opening up your laptop every day and knowing that you're doing something that feeds you emotionally and that you're happy doing that. So I would always recommend not to stack on as many clients as you possibly can because it's going to cause a strain which will inevitably impact your business. And that's really a shiny object, right? As well, like more clients, more clients, more clients or more customers, but they're not necessarily the right customers. So it's better to hold up for the good ones. And we can also, sometimes when we get into shiny object syndrome, we can also overcomplicate how we're running our business and our business processes. So um, I see that as well, that people who set up new businesses will hear from entrepreneurs who maybe have bigger businesses who are really successful that um, you know they do they follow a specific process or they use specific systems for their business and go oh that works for them that's amazing they're seven figures I'm gonna copy that I'm gonna use that software or I'm gonna follow that process and sometimes you don't need that especially when you're a newer business keep it simple you know, your biggest thing when you're starting a new business is you want to get all the basics in place as quickly as possible and start making money. And when you start making money and your business starts to grow, that means that you'll be able to reinvest in your business, ideally hire people to work for you, either full-time or freelance or somebody part-time or a virtual assistant. So focus on that rather than overcomplicating your business because it's going to be, you know, wasted time, you're going to waste your resources and it's going to cost you money. And you know, that's we we want to get up and running. We want to be making money as quickly as possible and not spending money unnecessarily. And you know, then you know, moving away from the money as well, the the other area that we can um, get distracted by is spending too much time on the non-essential stuff. And sometimes, you know, that's a bit shiny sometimes. We spend more time on the non-essential tasks because we like it, because it's fun. Or, you know, doing things like creating elaborate spreadsheets when actually we just need something really simple. Or we're obsessively looking at emails or looking at the Stripe dashboard all the time, rather than actually looking at it and going, mm, is this 
contributing to the success of the business or should I be doing something else or spending all of your time on marketing when actually you need to be spending time going out and having clients or spending all your time going out to networking events and not actually having any clients. And this is where we need to have a bit of balance because you know you do need to go to networking events. Maybe you do need to do your time and speak at the occasional event for free or you know you need to help with different things but it doesn't mean that you fill your day with that because that ends up eating up all your time and it means that you're not going to be able to work on your business so if that is you if you're spending a lot of time going networking or you're spending you know maybe a lot of time reading or researching and it feels good right you know we we like to stay within our comfort zone But we also have to look at that and go, you know what, this is great. It's part of the whole, the whole pie for running a business and owning a business. But that's not the only thing, because at the end of the day, we're not in business to have a hobby because then it becomes a really expensive hobby. You want to be able to make money as well. And finally, I would say that as a business owner, when we are inundated with all these things and go, oh, this software would be great. Oh, I should do this. I should do that. That we want to be able to bootstrap for as long as you need to. And there's things that we don't need to invest in right away. So for example, it might be really tempting um, to invest in an office space or really nice furniture without having any revenue come in. And so I always say that we want to bootstrap for as long as we possibly can to save that money because every month that you're saving that money, that's money that you can reinvest in other things that will help you grow your business. And as your business grows, of course, that will that will come and you will have the office space and the furniture. My first business, I think, um, and I was doing quite well generating revenue. I think I waited about nine months until I had an office space. Um, Female Fusion, we waited probably about six months and then it grew and I had staff and so we needed to have a place. Luckily with, with Female Fusion, you know, the office space that we have, we got a great deal on it because we um, we got the rent in COVID so the prices were quite low. Um, so we've been fortunate that that's been a good investment for us for office space and, you know, great location. So that's been quite good. But we have... Um, we have been not cheap, but we have been quite strict about not investing a lot of money in things like really posh office furniture because we don't need it. And we noticed the other day we were talking in the office and we were like, oh, the reception area is really quite ugly. <laughs> and that was because when we moved in, our landlord um, had a reception desk already. It wasn't the nicest. It was all right. And we were like, mm-hmm all right yeah fine and then we were saying the other day we were like actually we don't even need a reception desk because that's not really the vibe of female fusion we don't want to have somebody sitting at reception maybe when we get to 10,000 members maybe that will be different but right now with 1,000 paying members we don't really need that and we'd like to have it much more open and collaborative in the office so we were like hmm 
okay, actually we can get rid of the reception desk. We don't need that. Uh, so those are things that will come as your business grows. Other things as well, I hear sometimes from entrepreneurs that they think that as soon as they set up their business, that they need to go out and do things like register their intellectual properties. So, you know, get their trademark or um, go out and, and do all of those things. Now, intellectual property is super important, right? And you want to be able to protect that. And it's important to do, but depending upon the market where you're based in, it can be super expensive. Some markets are cheaper than others. Some will cost you a couple hundred dollars to register your intellectual property. Others will cost you thousands and thousands of dollars. And you don't necessarily need to do that, especially for a business where you haven't tested the business idea. Now, again, this is where you need to take legal advice on this because it depends on your business, right? That if you are creating something which is going to be a piece of tech or um, something which is going to be very innovative, innovative, 100%, you know, go out and do the trademark. And that's where if you're doing that, you're going to have a bigger budget and you'll take that legal advice to know what you need to do. But don't go and spend the money unnecessarily in the beginning as well. And this also goes down to that sometimes business owners think that if they're struggling if things aren't working out that maybe what they need to do is invest more money in their business and that's going to solve their problems when actually in reality they need to focus on finding clients and making money the number of times i've heard from business owners who have been like oh yeah i'm not getting clients so um, I'm going to go through like a whole rebranding process for the next two months. I'm just going to take a pause in my business, rebrand everything. I'm going to spend like $5,000 and go and recreate all of this. And then I'll come back in my business. Now it's completely fine to kind of rethink your strategy and your focus and what you're doing and make sure that that's super clear. But if you don't have clients or customers now, what makes you think if you spend $5,000 on a new website, if that's going to attract new customers? It would be better if you would spend that time maybe going to networking events, maybe delivering some interesting content online, talking to people to really trying to find those clients or the customers for your business rather than um, taking one or two months out to rebrand. Now, every business is different, but I see this a lot with businesses that rather than taking that time to look at their strategy, instead they're looking at like the shiny stuff. And the shiny stuff is not necessarily what is needed. And you know, 20% of small businesses fail in their first year and 50% fail within the first five years. And that makes me really sad because oh, I want everybody to succeed in business. And there are so many ways that you can have a successful business, but it's little things like this that I see that those businesses oftentimes fail because they get distracted and, you know, they're 
they're, they're not having a strong sense of focus and discipline within their business. And so they're finding it difficult to distinguish between, you know, those opportunities that are going to really benefit their business and really bring in the money for their business or help them create that strong foundation and instead be distracted. And, you know, it all goes back to, and I say this all the time, and everybody who's in female fusion knows this because I say it all the time, but, you know, it really comes down to having a deep understanding of, you know, your business goals and having priorities and having a plan. It is it is so much easier to run your business when you have a plan. And I know it can be harder if you're a creative person. I'm a creative person as well and you know with all of my ideas but I have realized that when I have a plan when I've set my business goals when I've focused on my priorities that the profitability of my business goes way up and you know it means that I'm making better decisions in my business and I have that focus so I'm gonna avoid I, I, I'm going to avoid those shiny objects. Maybe if maybe I'll pick a few shiny objects because you know, it is nice to try new things and be innovative and sometimes it can really help you in your business, but then also as well, it really has to come back to being focused on our core business objectives. So, we can really increase our chances by looking at those core business objectives and making the decision about what shiny objects we will we will invest in or we will bring in our business because maybe it makes business sense but a lot of times it's much better that we focus you know on our business objectives and what our plan is and really focus on how we're going to do that to build a successful business because I strongly believe, you know, I want to see those numbers come down. I don't want 20% of small businesses to fail in their first year. And it does come down to having that focus, having that focus in your business, following those goals. And, you know, you do that and you can avoid some of those shiny objects and it's really going to help you increase your chances of success and really build a thriving and sustainable business. So I hope that that has given you some inspiration about avoiding some of the shiny object temptation. And I would love to hear from you about what things, you know, what, what tempts you, what is a shiny object for you and what um, maybe if something has worked if it hasn't worked um, and I would you know for me my biggest shiny object is technology and software and I know that and so I really focus in female fusion of getting the right stuff keeping that list auditing it so we make the smarter business decisions so I would love to hear from you and what's working and what isn't working in your business How does it sound coming and joining me and 10 other fabulous female entrepreneurs in Mykonos, Greece on the 20th to 22nd of May? We are having our first female fusion retreat in the beautiful island of Mykonos where we are going to be working on thinking big, thinking big in our business, planning our next big bold business moves masterminding together but at the same time 
slowing down to speed up. If this sounds like something for you, head over to femalefusionnetwork.com forward slash Mykonos and why not apply to join us in Mykonos on the 20th to 22nd of May.